Welcome to Focus on the Family's weekend broadcast. We hope the following program will challenge you and encourage you in your faith journey. 2 Corinthians 3.15 says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So Kim, where you don't have freedom, guess where His Spirit isn't? And will you invite Him into that place and step through the ashen darkness of that place into the freedom that you already have if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? That's Kim Meter, and she's kicking off our Best of 2021 Focus on the Family programs. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. I am so excited to come back to this program with Kim. She has such a great heart, and her stories are captivating. Mm-hmm. Uh, this conversation with her today is going to give your spiritual life a jump start. I guarantee it. Uh, think about when you meet people who have recently accepted Christ as their Savior. You can see it in their eyes, the love for God, the passion for leading others to Jesus, and a longing for everyone to know the hope that they've found. But a few years down the road, uh, that light starts to leave their eyes. Life gets busy with jobs, kids, and other responsibilities. And while that person still loves God, prays, and goes to church, they're kind of spiritually worn out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kim Meter's message will help you reignite that passion and closeness with the Lord. As many of you know, Kim is a best-selling author, a very popular guest here on Focus on the Family. And she and her husband, Troy, have such big hearts. They founded Crystal Peaks Youth Ranch in Oregon. Uh, They rescue abused and neglected horses and then incorporate those horses into a therapy program for children who are struggling. And Kim's newest book is called Revival Rising, Embracing His Transforming Fire. We've got copies of that here. Just call 800, the letter A in the word family, 800-232-6459, or uh, find that book and other resources at focusonthefamily.com slash broadcast. And we're going to jump in, Jim, as you greeted Kim, and here now is our first Best of 2021 episode of Focus on the Family. Kim, it's always great to have you with us here at Focus on the Family. Welcome back. Thank you so much. It's good to be in the company of my brothers. Well, uh, you know, as many of our listeners know, you became a Christian as a child after some very traumatic circumstances, and we're not going to cover all that today, but if you miss that part of Kim's story, I mean, it is powerful, probably one of the most powerful presentations about God's pursuit for us, and mm-hmm. and uh, I would encourage you to get the download. It's we'll make in the sure archives, it's there. yep. And uh, you can pick up that story. Uh, But years later now, uh, you still have that same kind of wonderful exuberance for Christ. And you know what's a little sad is that not everybody enjoys God at that depth over a long period of time. So I think the, the question is, how do you keep that passion alive in your life over the long haul? I think that's a great question because the enemy is nothing if he isn't patient And all he desires is for God's people to look away from the face of the author of love and hope and joy and peace. And when we do, all there is is darkness and frustration. And so in order to maintain our joy in Christ, it's imperative that we know who he is in us Mm -hmm. and who we are in him. And we do that by knowing his word 
and spending time in his word every day. And when we know what the truth is, then we know what a lie is. Mm. And we know what is literally the enemy or our own negative thoughts saying, hey, that's not okay. Yeah. You know, one thing that often I think begins to uh, falter in a Christian's life is a grasp on God's freedom, which is what will Mm. give you that joy. And I think uh, we tend to listen to the enemy, our own flesh, about our our sins, our shortcomings, the way we fail God, and we start concentrating on those things. And they do become a barricade Mm -hmm. to that deep sense of joy. Because let's face it, if we really got a hold of what the Lord has done for us, we should be walking joy bubbles, right? That that God sent his son to die for us and to take on the sins of the world. And the exchange is, do you believe Jesus is the son of God? Right. And in exchange for that, you have eternal life. Right. I mean, it's amazing. We should be going, yahoo. Right. I see the whole world in pictures. And I love that Jesus Christ spoke in parables to take something that we can see to illustrate something that we can't yet see. And recently I was at home. It was a warm, the first warm morning of spring. I didn't start a fire and I'm spending time in the word. And all of a sudden I can hear this racket over my head and this scratching and thumping and bumping and what could only be a bird falling into the stovepipe of our wood stove and falling down the pipe, fighting the whole way until finally in exhaustion, it just drops and lands in, in the wood stove box. Gratefully, there was no yeah, flame. Yeah. And it saw the light, it flew hard, it smashed into the glass, and then retreated. And so I set everything aside and looked in, and in the very back corner was a female starling, one of the most despised of all birds. They are, are known as a filth of starlings, that they, they come, they take resources, they overwhelm native species of birds, and their droppings produce disease. Hmm. A lot of people would have just left her there to die. And yet, looking at her in this firebox, covered in blackness, it was like Jesus saying, yeah, that, that was just like you. Mm. And so I put a, a towel over the door and reached in carefully and drew her out. And other than being covered in ash, she was fine. And I walked outside into the brilliant sunlight and just opened my fingers slowly And she didn't ask questions. She didn't ponder. She didn't need to process or talk about it. She flew hard and fast into the freedom that was offered her, and she never looked back. Mm. And I could hear Jesus saying, do you see that? That's what I'm calling my people to do. Here's what I'm not calling them to do. Fly back over your shoulder into the living room, into the firebox, and close the door, and then cry and saying, God, oh God, where are you? When Jesus Christ came to this earth 2,000 years ago, he lived a perfect life and laid that life down for you and me. And when he did that, he broke the lock on that prison door of suffering and sin and that firebox place where we are left to die. Mm. And it is his love that reaches in. And we choose if we're going to take his hand and step out into the freedom that he's already purchased for us. Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Jesus Christ has set us free. And if we don't have freedom in any area of our life, and I'm pointing my finger at myself, it's for one reason only. I'm not choosing it. Yeah. Yeah, that came up in our Sunday school class the other day, uh, Jim. We were talking about freedom, and God says, I have taken care of that. Jesus covered that. I've moved on. Will you? Right. But so often we don't 
move on. Second Corinthians 3.15 says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So Kim, where you don't have freedom, guess where his spirit isn't? Hmm. And will you invite him into that place and step through the ashen darkness of that place Hmm. into the freedom that you already have if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we want to invite you to call Focus on the Family today so we can tell you more about experiencing true freedom in Christ. Our number is 800, the letter A, and the word family, or stop by focusonthefamily.ca. And uh, when you get in touch with us, be sure to ask for Kim's book, Revival Rising. We've got copies of that, and uh, we'd be happy to send that to you. Kim, another mistake that we can often make as Christians is that we get so wrapped up. And I think, you know, with some reasonableness, we get kind of wrapped up in our own world, our own issues, our own problems. And we don't feel like there's any capacity there to really love on other people, Mm -hmm. which when you get down to it, that's really why we're here, right? That's why God has done everything for us is to show that kind of kindness and love to others. And it sounded like, as I read the book, you you had an experience like that where you were in that spot and you were busy and you pulled into a gas station to get gas and the Lord said, oh, you know, wait a minute, I want to show you something. What happened? Again, of all the weaponry from the Holy Spirit gifted to God's people, love is the most powerful weapon of warfare we carry. And as I was driving into a gas station on autopilot, you just need gas and go get it. The Holy Spirit highlighted the attendant working there that day. And in Oregon, they pump your gas for those of us that don't live in those states. (laughs) And so on this very cold day, I was actually grateful for that. (laughs) And as I was prompted to study this man, he was probably in his mid-60s. He was very thin. He wore tattered, filthy clothing, and he never looked at me once. And I could sense the Lord saying, do you see him I love him so much. Will you let him know how much I love him? And today, I want you to make him laugh. Hmm. What? Uh, okay, okay. And so put the window down and started to engage this man in what seemed like meaningless conversation. But every conversation that's driven by love is far from meaningless. Hmm. Every single one. And pretty soon we were talking about some silly things, and I, I shared something really, really goofy. And, and he broke into this great big smile, and his hand flew up over his face, but not before I saw what he was trying to hide. And this beloved son of God was embarrassed because he had no teeth, and he didn't want me to see that. Mm-hmm. And finally I looked at him and I said, Brother, When you smile, your face gets so warm. Don't ever stop that. And through a single conversation, as often as I was able, I would return to that same gas station. And there, minutes at a time, the love of Jesus Christ was poured out into a life Mm -hmm. that needed to know he was seen and valued and perfect. And as oftentimes is the case, I don't know the end of the story. I returned one day and he was gone. But what I do know is the authority of God's word, which says in Isaiah 55 that everything that we pour out into this world that is filled with the love of God goes out like arrows that 
the receiver can't pull out. They can't unfeel love. They can't unhear truth. They can't unexperience being seen and valued. And that went with him wherever he went. And I just got to be a piece in his journey of knowing the love of Jesus Christ. And maybe you who are listening will be the next piece for this beloved man who has no teeth to know he is a son of the living God. And whoever that person is that the Lord is wooing. I mean, he uses his people to woo the, um, you know, the unbeliever to him. And it's such a beautiful, poetic, I think, expression of God's heart for us and how he does it and how we're all part of the solution. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Your Christmas may sound like this. Breakfast! Or your Christmas may sound like this. But if your Christmas sounds like this, or this, or this, you can always count on this. Jesus is there with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. And that's the kind of joy you can't buy. Merry Christmas from your friends at Focus on the Family. Christmas memories of baking and sharing stories with your family. That's depicted in the Jacle from Focus on the Family titled Family Traditions. This story and paint by artist Morgan Weisling, a portrait of a lively family kitchen scene, will find a special place in your home and heart. Find out how to get a signed version of the special edition print at focusonthefamily.com slash family traditions. That's focusonthefamily.com slash family traditions. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. You know, Kim, um, I don't want this to sound like psychobabble or anything like that, but a lot of people, they may ask themselves or say to themselves, they don't feel they can give love because they, they don't really experience that for some reason, even from their Father in heaven. What would you say to that person who is in that place that, and sometimes some people may express that as temperament, I mean, well, Kim sounds very extroverted, very capable mm. of noticing people, and she engages people whim- mm. winsomely, and you know, but it doesn't create. You don't have to have those gifts to do God's bidding. That's right. And He'll equip you. And That's but right. speak to the person that doesn't feel loved and therefore can't give love. Mm-hmm. So I would begin this answer with equal cycle babble (laughs) in that (laughs) that for anyone who would say that's just not for me it's not my nature I would tell you my nature is split right down the middle 49 introvert 51 extrovert I'm not either but that doesn't matter what matters is that we avail ourselves to be used by the one and only living God he is the one who equips us when we're trying to do something out of our own strength we're going to fail every time we don't have what is needed i don't have enough love i don't have enough wisdom or hope or joy but i do have the owner and the creator of all those things and when we know who he is in us, and that all those things are available to fill us to overflowing, that that when we move about in the world, that we're so flooded with the presence of God that he's what comes out in every situation. That is literally heaven coming to earth through God's people, and that's what changes the environments that we're in. For someone who says, I cannot give love, 
because I don't genuinely feel love, you are trusting your future in something that is fallible. And that's your feelings. Mm. Let me just tell you straight, your feelings cannot stand against the power and truth and authority of God's word. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you can build a life on it. So let's step off the feelings and stand on the truth of God's word, trusting him to always give you what you need when you need it. That's who he is. Absolutely. And I think, Kim, in addition to that, the irony of it is when you take that step of boldness or whatever it might be to show people concern, to show someone else the love of God, it's amazing how you feel the Spirit of God well up in you. Yes. I mean, that's when he's on fire in you, right? Yes. You can feel it when everything's working in sync. Mm. You are the beneficiary of feeling God's presence, I think. Absolutely. I, again, see everything in pictures and and as I am learning to avail this vessel to to pour out the fruit of the spirit of the living God, I always see it like this molten honey coming down. And if it's love or joy or peace, you cannot help but be covered in that beauty and glory yourself as you just avail yourself to be used by God. What a wonder. It's so true. And I, I love it. I mean, the idea that the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, goodness, mercy, Um, self-control, all those good things. I once encountered somebody who said, well, I don't have much patience. And I remember saying to this person, I don't think it's a menu you order from. (laughs) It's kind (laughs) of like, you know, it's all present. If the Lord is present in your heart, it's accessible to you. Mm -hmm. You may have obstacles that you're placing to get there. Mm -hmm. And one of those is joy. And I want to end today, and we'll come back next time if you can stay with us. And we'll come back tomorrow and talk more about your great book, Revival Rising. But this idea of accessing joy, feeling Mm -hmm. joy, embracing joy, knowing joy, uh, letting that joy renew our lives. Um, speak to that joy aspect and then that great story you have about that that boy and how he found joy. This is going to make me cry. Um, I was invited with four other women to travel through Eastern Europe to share the gospel Mm. in some of the poorest nations in Europe. And we were finishing our tour. We'd been traveling for weeks, speaking up to four times a day and had been invited to an equestrian facility where they were doing equine-assisted therapy, and what we do at the ranch is equine-assisted ministry, and those are two highly different things. And as soon as I got there, they wanted me to demonstrate what I do, and instantly they were frustrated that I was not following a model of logic. Mm -hmm. I was following the leadership of the Holy Spirit that Jesus himself says in John 16, 13, that The Spirit is the one who leads into all truth. You want to know how to work with someone who's hurting? Follow the Spirit into their life where He wants to go. Mm. He knows them. He made them. He always knows what to do. And it doesn't matter if it makes sense. It only matters that you trust Him more than you and you follow. And that annoyed them. (laughs) And so basically, they let a horse in and a little boy and said, prove it. Prove it. And they were mad. And so... This little boy was brought in. He was 12. He was small. He had dark hair and dark eyes. And I was told he is highly autistic, he's unresponsive, and he was born blind. And so his name was Christian, and we went through introductions. I was delighted. He knew quite a bit of English, so we didn't need a translator. And 
And he'd ridden there before, and through a, a brief conversation, this was his favorite horse. And, and I told him that, so this horse always gives you a gift. What do you think if we give this horse a gift? And he thought that was a good idea. And so I said, what do you think would be the best gift you could give a horse that's your friend? And he thought for a while, and maybe that sounded like a trick question. And I said, why don't we give him love? that horses receive love through your hands. So let's put our hands on him. And so by putting my hands over his hands, we went over this whole horse from muzzle, eyes, cheeks, ears, mane, all the way down through the whole horse. And now that he's been loved so well, let's love him from his back. And so a pad was put on the horse and there was a, a leader and a couple sidewalkers and, and I'm just narrating the scene. And so I was aware that they were, rolling their eyes till they hurt. They're so frustrated with me that I'm not doing therapy. You need to bend him and twist him and help him find balance, which are great things. And so to satisfy that logic, I had him ride forwards and backwards and sideways, touching the horse all around. And so now the Holy Spirit is like, go deeper, go deeper. And I said, Christian, have you ever trotted and he didn't know what that was. And I said, it's going faster and it's really bouncy. Does that sound scary or fun? And he, he smiled and he said, that sounds fun. And so I gave him some simple instructions. Hold the mane with both hands. Mane always stays with the horse. And then we're going to ask the horse to trot. And so the man leading the horse asked him into a trot. And this horse burst into a lively trot. And this little boy rocked back and screamed. And this half child, half man <laughs> the yeah. thing. And I looked at him and he wasn't afraid. He was excited. And so as he started to, to ride this horse at a trot, he started laughing. Mm. This unresponsive subject was laughing. And then I saw something that has changed my life from that moment on. And it was like heaven split. And glory and joy and light started filling this child and pouring out of his smile mm. as he's laughing. It's like, Christian, oh my goodness, your smile is so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Wow, wow, wow. And as he's trotting away from me, he, he says, I, I have a beautiful smile. Miss Kim, can you see it? Can you see it? He's riding away from me. Now he's coming around. <laughs> and Miss Kim, can you still see it? I have a beautiful smile. Can you see it? And yes, I can. And now I'm weeping. I think everyone behind me is weeping to see this unresponsive child respond mm -hmm. to the joy of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And as he came up to me, he's just laughing and beaming. And then he leans down where he thinks I am. And he says, can you tell me what my smile looks like? Mm. Oh, man, Holy Spirit, lead on. And I said, you know what, buddy? You know when you're in, in your room and the sun hasn't come up yet, and you know that because your room is dark, and you don't have to see the darkness. You can feel it. It's really cold. And then the sun bursts over the horizon, and light streams in, and it fills your bedroom. And you don't have to see it. You can feel it because it's warm. Your smile is like that. It is so brilliant and beautiful and warm that it filled this entire arena and it covered me and everyone in it. Don't you ever stop smiling. And he's just beaming. And then he leans down and he whispers, but Miss Kim, 
what does your smile look like? And I took his little hands and I put them on my face and I said, why don't you tell me? And so he's feeling my face all over and to even get the whole picture, he put his little horse grubby fingers on the inside of my lips (laughs) and he's really checking this out. And finally he leans down this precious little boy and he says, Miss Kim, your smile, it just looks like the best dream ever. Mm-hmm. He's blind. And so what he sees in his dreams are given by God. And just as quickly as he was let in, he was let out completely transformed by joy. And as he was leaving, he turned around and said in the direction where he thought I was standing, Miss Kim, now wherever you go in the world and you see a sunrise, you will remember me and my beautiful smile because I'm Christian and I have a beautiful smile. Well, I trust that this conversation has spoken to your heart. I really hate to say that that brings us to the end of today's episode of Focus on the Family with Kim Meter. You know, I always love having Kim on the program, John. Her stories are such great reminders that God is there in our everyday moments, uh, waiting to offer us the freedom, peace, and joy that we all long for. Uh, We just have to invite him in. This is why Focus on the Family is here. We want to help you have a strong, thriving relationship with the Lord so that your earthly relationships will be healthy and vibrant. When you're close to him, you have hope. As Christmas approaches, we can share that hope as well as the healing, the peace, the grace, and the joy that Jesus Christ came to give all of us. Uh, Through your support of Focus on the Family, you can come alongside those who are struggling and give families hope. And when you donate today, a gift of any amount will send you a copy of Kim Meter's book, Revival Rising, along with an audio download of this conversation. As our way of saying thank you for standing with couples on the verge of divorce, families in crisis, bewildered parents, frightened mothers considering abortion and others who just need a touch of hope. And now, through a special year-end matching opportunity, your gift will be double, dollar for dollar. God will use your gift to bring healing and redemption to twice as many families. So on behalf of those families you'll be reaching through Focus on the Family, let me say thank you. Donate and get your copy of Revival Rising and an audio download of this entire conversation when you call 800, the letter A, and the word family, 800 232 6459 or you can donate online at focusonthefamily.com slash broadcast on behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family I'm John Fuller inviting you back next time as we continue the discussion with Kim Meter and once again help you and your family thrive in Christ listening to Focus on the Family's weekend broadcast. We'll take a quick break and then return with the second half of this program for your family. Stay tuned. And he says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, come to me and I will give you rest. And the operative word, I used to always think it was rest. Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, give me some rest. Right. <laughs> the operative word is come, come. And that is a choice that each one of us must make is to stop 
and turn and face him. And that's when everything changes. Well, that's Kim Meter, and she's with us again on this best of 2021 episode of Focus on the Family. And thanks for joining us. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John, I truly believe the only solution to the crisis in the world is spiritual revival. And I'm kind of excited about where everything's at. I know there's negativity and there are things we need to be concerned about. But do you think God's caught off guard? Do you think he didn't understand where this would be? I think he totally gets it, and it's working for his purposes, because that's what the Word of God says, not what I feel, what I think. And uh, even when we don't feel like it's working for good, it is, because Jesus said so. Um, We're equipped to offer hope and joy and love to a hurting world, and that's what he's calling us to do. And uh, we've invited Kim back. If you missed it yesterday, get the download, get the app on your phone, because it was really typical great Kim Meter content, (laughs) and she's so capable of connecting normal stories of what we see and experience in this life to God's fingerprint and what he's doing Mm -hmm. right alongside us. Yeah, she has an amazing ability to share stories and insights, and uh, Kim's latest book is called Revival Rising, and we're actually going to bundle an audio download of both parts of our conversation with Kim and some additional content as well. Call for your copy of Revival Rising and that audio download. Our number is 800, the letter A, and the word family. And Kim and her husband Troy founded Crystal Peaks Youth Ranch in Oregon. They take on injured horses and hurting children and have a terrific ministry. And we'll link over to that as well at focusonthefamily.com slash broadcast. Kim, it's great to have you back at Focus. Thank you so much. I so love your stories. And my wife, Jean, is an animal lover. And the way you connect, uh, you know, God's creation to our journeys and your observations are so powerful. In fact, uh, in the book, it's filled with that kind of, um, you know, power of observation, what God's doing and what you see in nature, etc., And I want to start right there because the stories, there's so many, we can't cover it all. And people need to get a flavor and a taste Mm. of what you experience walking with the Lord. But uh, you have a fox story, I think, where you were in Alaska and a fox, I don't know what it was doing, but how did the Lord speak to you through that experience with a fox? Oh, my goodness. I love how the Lord uses everything. He's talking all the time. And if we don't think so, it's because we're not paying attention Recently, my husband and I were gifted a trip to Alaska, and we were fishing up on the Aleutian chain in wild, wild, wild land that you can only get there by a plane at low tide when the weather's good and there's not beach debris. You land on the Bering Sea beach and fish, fly fish, this unnamed river that pours out into a wild ocean. And even an inexperienced fly fisherman like myself was catching the the outer reaches of believability. And finally, I just thought, I must go down this wild beach and just worship God. And so I set my gear aside and just wanted to run and skip and laugh and do cartwheels and was singing and worshiping and crying as just worshiping with this mighty ocean and the grass blowing in the wind and down this black, dark, sandy beach, and then suddenly realized I was not alone. And all that stopped, and there's that super heightened awareness of uh, all your little hackles up, and and realized all this time I, I was being followed 
and I finally saw my little visitor popped his head up, and it was a little red fox. Mm. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. A fox is following me. I don't think he's ever seen a person before. And so I wanted to invite him, so I just sat down on the beach and didn't look at him, and he kind of came over and was about 20 yards away and just really alert, like, what are you? Who are you? What are you doing? And and then as canines do, he started kind of throwing his chin in the air. And I, I've never been around a fox before, so I just did the same thing. Finally, he gets up, and he starts to circle me, and as he goes behind me, in an action of complete invitation, I didn't turn around. I'm inviting you to come and, and be my friend. And all I did was hold my cell phone up over my shoulder. And I watched as this little daring fox came up behind me and explored all along my back. And then took a couple steps away and sat down. Okay, you're part of my pack now. And I, it, it was such an astounding encounter. I didn't ever want to leave. I didn't ever want to break this amazing moment and had to be obedient and return. And in the days that followed, I shared with my beloved friend, Judy, this encounter. And she just laughed in her sweet, wise Judy way. And she said, isn't that like the Holy Spirit? He shadows us throughout our life, waiting for that intentional invitation and then he comes. As a child, many know my story that I had a face-to-face with Jesus Christ the day that my dad murdered my mom and took his own life. I knew that Jesus was with me. A year later, I received him as my Lord and Savior officially, but I didn't even know about the Holy Spirit. And much later in my life, as I started reading God's Word and learning about him, I was told that he was someone to be afraid of. You can't trust him because he might make you do something hard or scary or, Lord forbid, (laughs) embarrassing. You can't trust him. But that's absolutely not what God's word says. As a matter of fact, it says you want him. Invite him in. And I'm thinking in in Acts 10 where Cornelius, who was a God-fearing man, he, he loved God. He prayed. He gave sacrifices and gifts to the poor, but he didn't have the Holy Spirit until he slowed down and stopped and invited the Holy Spirit to come. And that's when Peter came and, and everything changed. And that for so many years of my life, I was doing things through my own understanding and my own will and, and my own strength because I didn't know him. And he wanted to come in. And he wanted me to want him to come in. And just like that little fox, it wasn't until there was that intentional invitation that the infilling of the spirit of heaven came into this life, bringing everything that Mm. he is, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, to such degree, again, that flooding that when we're flooded with him, he's what comes out into the world around us. And that's what he desires for everyone who calls him the Lord of their life. Kim, and that is so good. Folks, that's the gospel right there. I mean, that's what it's all about. And again, um, if you're not experienced that kind of vibrancy, uh, do exactly that. Pray every day. Do the right things. But start with that prayer, Lord. I want to invite you in to today, to my today. Yes. To do your will through me. 
I mean, that's an exciting way to get up out of bed every day and get the day started. Uh, Kim, uh, another thing that separates us from God is, obviously, it's in the Word. Uh, sin separates us from the Father mm-hmm. and that disobedience. Um, why is it dangerous to let, you know, the little things slide? I love that Jesus spoke in parables, using things that we see and understand to illustrate things that we don't see and are trying to understand. And recently, again, Alaska is one of my my hallowed grounds and (laughs) where I go as often as I can afford. And we had been fishing in the Gulf of Alaska, a dear friend and I, and we had caught halibut and salmon. And now we had come into the shallow waters to catch rockfish. And all that gear is different. And now we're fishing with these ridiculous, teeny tiny little, like pink plastic Barbie doll <laughs> rods. Little hooks. Tiny hooks, tiny line. And you're catching rockfish like popcorn. It's so fun. And the guide said, you know, don't let your gear touch the bottom. We're only in 30 feet. It's very rocky. You'll get stuck. He just said that. And all of a sudden, I'm stuck. And I was embarrassed. I don't want to be the dumb lady in the back of the boat who wasn't listening to the guide. <laughs> And finally, in this Herculean, I don't want to break anything, but I really want this to come free. And I pull really hard, and it pops up. And it was like, yes, success. And then it starts swimming away. This was not (laughs) a rock. This was a giant, giant fish, the heaviest fish I'd ever felt on any tackle of any kind. And I said, um, um, I looked at the guide and he turned around and saw this ridiculous pink plastic Barbie rod bent into the water. (laughs) And he just puts the boat in reverse and said, ah, let's go get it. And so I'm knowing that this is the equivalent of fishing with a twig and a thread tied to a pine needle. This fish can break all that in a moment. He doesn't know he's caught yet. And so my challenge is to keep him thinking he's in charge, and I'm just going to annoy you until I can feel you turn and stop swimming away and start swimming toward. And that's exactly what we did. And it took about 30 minutes. We could feel him coming up. Everyone on the boat is standing behind me. Nobody's talking. No one's even breathing. We're just all, let us see it, God, let us see it. And finally, (laughs) it gives, and as it rises up, it breaks the surface of the water, and the guide just comes undone. And he said, are you kidding me? This is amazing. You just caught a giant halibut on that gear. That shouldn't have worked, but it did. Nice job. And what rose next to the boat was a five foot long, probably 150 to 200 pound fish. That still didn't know it was on a, caught. On a how many pound line? 25 pound line. You can break <laughs> it in your own hands. And it's lolling in the ocean next to the boat. One strategic gaff strike would have landed it in my freezer and I would be eating halibut steak for the next six months. And the point of the story is this. That's exactly how sin works. Satan is patient. And this little thing, oh, it's not the boss of you. You can break this anytime you want to. That show, that website, that book, those friends, that place, that addiction, whatever it is, Mm. it's tiny. That gossip, those harsh words, that snarkiness or that sarcasm. Yeah, you can break that anytime you want. And then the enemy just keeps pulling, 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 pulling until we don't even realize we're following him away 
from the only one who can redeem us deeper and deeper into darker and darker waters Mm -hmm. that ultimately lead to spiritual death. That's what I saw that day. And it's such a reminder that every time I I feel that pull, uh -uh uh-uh-uh, no, don't go that way. Don't go that way. And that's a choice that we all make that can, don't let a frustrating thought become a frustrating word. Don't be led by that little hook away from God's best. This is what he's calling for each one of us to choose every day. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Just like a warm fireplace when it's cold outside, the joy of the Christmas season gives comfort. I'm John Fuller, and Focus on the Family is excited to let you know about our Christmas Stories podcast. Each episode brings heartwarming conversations to bring your family closer together and remind you of the hope we have in Jesus. You can enjoy that podcast at focusonthefamily.com slash Christmas Stories. Hear past shows and the brand new season five at focusonthefamily.com slash Christmas Stories. Your Christmas may sound like this. Breakfast! Or your Christmas may sound like this. (laughs) But if your Christmas sounds like this, or this, or this, you can always count on this. Jesus is there with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. And that's the kind of joy you can't buy. Merry Christmas from your friends at Focus on the Family. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. We'll continue now with the balance of our programming. Kim, I don't want to let the fish off the hook on that story (laughs) because there is a side to that I want to make sure people hear, and that is... I believe the understanding that God knows this world. He knows what pulls us away. He knows how that hook is set. And that's what's so amazing about God's grace, Mm -hmm. his forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And even though those uh, decoys are there, that the the enemy of our spirit is trying to lure us into that kind of water, when those mistakes are made, God is there to say, come with me, come back to me, come this direction. Let me get you out of that situation. But it requires us to embrace him and to be humble and to admit that we were wrong. And that. But the Lord's heart, I mean, it gives me tears thinking about it. He is all for us yes. in this life. Yes. He's not against us. Apart from Jesus Christ, we are all like that fish, hook after hook after hook being led away into darkness toward the enemy's gaff strike of death. Mm. And because of who Jesus Christ is and what he did on the cross for all mankind, every single one of us, when we're caught and we're being drugged down into the depths that lead to death, every single one of us can cry out to God. We can cry out to Jesus Christ and say, Jesus, I need you. I don't even know you, and I need you, and I'm asking you to come today and forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of this darkness that my choices have led me to. I, I chose this, and now I'm seeing where it leads, and I can't fix it. And so I'm asking you to come into my heart and be my Lord. Will you come now and rescue Jesus? Yeah. And so often, Kim, and I've seen this uh, in people I know, 
there's a sense that they have to get their act together. They've got to mm-hmm. clean up the house before the Lord can enter the house. And that's really not what God is asking you to do. Not at all. He's saying, let me come in and help you. Right, right. <laughs> Jesus went down the back streets and the lonely roads and the abandoned seashores looking for the hurt and the lost and the broken. And he says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, come to me. Come to me. He doesn't say fix that first and then come. Come to me and I will give you rest. And the operative word, I used to always think it was rest. Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, give me some rest. (laughs) Right. The operative word is come, come. And that is a choice that each one of us must make is to stop and turn and face him. And that's when everything changes. Yeah, it's so true. And Uh, Kim, there's an epidemic of discontent in our society today, and many people feel like they're uh, maybe in the wrong circumstance of life, that, um, you know, life has just dealt them a horrible blow or maybe several, and they're discontent with their situation, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, You face similar feelings after a failed rescue attempt in some cold seawater. It's a powerful story. And I, I was hoping we would have time to get to this, and I'm glad okay. we have. But describe what that encounter was about, the, the sea. You came upon something. Um, I know it's rough to even talk about this, but I think it so illustrates what the points that we're making here. It does. It does. Uh, my husband and I have a, a ministry where we take people fishing for free. It's not a business. It's just a gift that we love to give people that are serving the Lord hard. And we had finished the season and we're down to the last two days and my husband and I were fishing alone and it was a huge day, huge tide, huge surf, huge wind and huge waves. No bar on Oregon was passable. You'd be killed, you'd be killed. And so we were fishing slightly upriver in ocean tidewater and it was 4.15 in the afternoon. And that's when I sensed the Holy Spirit saying, it's time to leave now leave now, right now, you must go, return to the harbor at once, go. And I shared that with Troy and we reeled up our gear quickly and he put the main down and we started to stream down the river on this very, very turbulent day. And as we rounded this great bend where the river widens and it's maybe a mile long of a straight stretch that just turns into a wind tunnel and the waves were big And in the distance, I could see something that I just couldn't make sense of. It was shapes and colors in the water, and I couldn't make sense of what I was seeing. And I pointed at it, and Troy nodded, and we started to go that direction. And as we approached, he shut the engine down, and we just let it drift in the wind. And I I couldn't understand what I was seeing. And then it moved, and it was a man in the water. And he was almost unconscious, and I just shouted, Sir, sir, I've got you, I've got you, you're going to be okay, everything's going to be okay. And I grabbed a a salmon net, and I'm laying on the side of the boat, and I got him. And as I'm guiding him through the wreckage and floating debris, that's when I can see reams of yellow nylon rope in the water. And it's around his legs, and that rope is connected to the boat, and the boat just went underwater. He has seconds to live, and it was... I could hear the Holy Spirit shouting, get the rope off him. And it was like being electrocuted. It was like, Jesus, help, Jesus, help. And as I'm drawing him through the wreckage with this net, I said, I've got you. You're okay. You're going to be okay. 
And his head rocked back, and I heard him whisper, but he's not. What? What? And I look through the wreckage, and I look straight down, and I'm drawing him right into another man who I didn't see, who is in the water, and he's already passed away. Hmm. And I just screamed for Troy, and he just went right over the rail. And I took my man to the back of the boat, and at this point, he's, he's unconscious now. He's leaving this life. And, and I grabbed him by the shoulders of his life jacket, and I'm yelling at him, help me, help me. And he, he can't. He's unconscious. And Jesus, I'm praying in words that I know and words that I don't and begging the Holy Spirit to help. And as only he can, the one who commands the waves sent a particularly large set that just crushed into the back of the boat and slammed us into the transom. I'm standing on on an offshore motor mount in seawater being crushed by waves, but the wave was big enough to lift this man who was heavy to a position where I could get him in the boat. Only Jesus can do that. And through a series of supernatural events, We were not drawn out to sea where we all would have died. We were able to get these men back to the marina and all of our efforts of uh, mouth-to-mouth and CPR and chest compressions and first responders came and all of their efforts failed for the one man who had already died. And the other man was rushed to the hospital. And in the aftermath, we received a call the next day and It was a number we didn't know, so Troy put it on speaker, and we heard this thin, emotional voice say, "Uh, Hi, you don't know me, but I'm the man that you pulled from the river yesterday, and I'm alive today because you stopped. Thank you so much for saving my life. And he said, I don't even know your name. Can we just meet so I can say thank you and give you a hug? And in minutes, we were on the dock in one of the most profound embraces of my life. And what we learned in the aftermath, and the whole point of the story was this, that a healthy man dies in under an hour at water, that temperature. These men were both 72, and they had been in the water almost two hours. Mm. And during that time, not one, not two, but three boats passed them and didn't stop. And this is the point of this encounter and what I believe the Lord is saying to everyone who calls themselves by Jesus Christ's beautiful name. Beloved, there are men and women and children in the water all around you every day. And will you slow down? And will you allow him to work through you to become that life ring of hope and draw them into the refuge and the rescue that is the love of God? Will you reach for them in their, in their worst time of need and just shouting, I've got you, I've got you, everything's going to be okay, and draw them into the rescue boat of God the Father's love and the redemption of Jesus Christ? This is the Great Commission, and this is what it looks like from heaven. It is my commission, and it is your commission. Man, that is so powerful, and what a great picture of what we're called to do. I mean, 
words seem inadequate to even wrap up right here. But this is what we're trying to do every day. I mean, this is it. And whether it's that broken marriage or that preborn baby who may or may not get a chance at this life because of a decision, right. um, man, we're trying to stand in the gap right. and jump in the ocean and pull them to safety. So, Kim, thank you so much. Wow, what a place to end. What a great book, Revival Rising. I think you could feel it. I think you know what Kim is trying to express. And that's for us to be there, be present, and uh, be ready to rescue. God bless you, Kim. Thank you so much. And that'll bring this Focus on the Family conversation with Kim Meter to a close today. Uh, Kim's passion for Jesus is contagious, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure her message helped so many people cast off their fear and brought about a revival in their own hearts. Uh, You know, here at Focus on the Family, we want to help you grow in your relationship with the Lord. That's what it's all about. Uh, When you have a strong, healthy connection with Him, you can connect better with those you love. We have lots of resources to help you. In fact, Kim's book, Revival Rising, is a great place to start. You can get that through Focus on the Family. And when you do, all the proceeds go right back into ministry, giving families hope Every day. Yeah, we hear from thousands of people uh, reaching out to Focus on the Family for help through uh, phone, uh, mail, and email. And we never want to turn anyone away, but we need your help to accomplish that, especially here as we're heading toward Christmas and the end of the year. God can use your support to provide scripture-based resources and programs to save and strengthen families. When you give a gift of any amount today, we'll send you a copy of Kim's book, Revival Rising, and the audio download of this conversation with her as our way of saying thank you. And here's the exciting part. Uh, Through a special year-end matching opportunity, your gift will be doubled. And that means you can really have an impact towards saving marriages, rescuing mothers and babies from abortion, equipping parents to raise uh, children who are bold in their faith and redeeming broken families, offering emotional peace, caring for children in foster care, and so much more. Your support is critical so that we can finish the year strong and plan to reach even more families in the coming year. And I'm eager to see how God will work through you and focus on the family in 2022. Join the support team, donate as you can, and get your copy of Kim's book, Revival Rising. Uh, All the details are online at focusonthefamily.com slash broadcast or call 800-the-letter-A-and-the-word-family. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we once more help you and your family thrive in Christ.